Ask Zig, how do you handle all the inputs? Episode 21. Send me the questions. I want to answer all the questions. Send me all the questions. Meow. Hey, nerds and geeks alike. Welcome back for another episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, where zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. As always, we strive to provide real-world context around technology. I'm Michael Ziga, also known as Zig in this community, and I am your host. Today, we have another Ask Zig episode. We have a, a follower from Virginia. His name is Patrick, or Pat, and he has, sent this, he has sent in this question. How do you handle all of the inputs? So, Pat, before we answer the question, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you sending in the question, spending that, that you know, minute, minute, two-minute time period, and uh, writing us a quick email asking this question. I sincerely appreciate it, and um, uh, here we go. We're going to dive right in. So, specifically, this question for me, it hits home. This has been a question for me for a very long time on how I need to handle all the inputs. So this is, uh, um, you're, you're kind of thinking the same way I have been thinking for the last, I don't know, year or so. Um, before we get down to how I currently handle all my inputs, um, let's go over what inputs there are. So nowadays we have so many ways for people to give us input. Um, so many, and I don't mean it like feedback, um, that, that can come off as feedback. What I mean it as is um, we have so many ways that people can um, chat with us, like chat programs. We have Slack, River, Skype, Jabber, uh, Cisco Spark, um, a ton more. You know, if you were back in the day with AOL, AOL Instant Messenger, um, if you ever used Trillion to try and um, bring in all the different chat programs that you had. Um, but we just have a lot of chat programs. So that's what I mean by input is ways to get your attention, ways to distract you, if you want to say it like that. Um, I usually say distractions, right? So there's chat programs, um, which could be valuable, by the way. Not trying to say it's a negative. It could be valuable. But we have chat programs. Then we have the social media programs like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Pinterest, if it's not really chat, but I mean, all of these different programs, websites, whatever they might be, that can grab your attention and uh, and be an input, be another form of input into your day-to-day interactions. Um, I know a lot of us, like for me, for instance, I'm on Twitter all the time, and it just takes time. Um, And it's a a family... my family likes to make fun of me because I, I like to tweet a lot. Uh, I don't tweet as much as others, but um, when I'm uh, done working and I'm on my phone, my son asks me, are you tweeting? And he's only five. Well, he's four, but you get the idea. So on the social media programs. So that was chat programs, social media programs, and then we have email accounts. Now, I don't know about you, um, but I think most people probably have at least two um, I have a few more, and it's a quite a process to manage that that input. Now, this is usually a little easier to manage than the constant uh, instantaneous interaction that that chat programs are and social media programs are. Um, email accounts are a little you you know a little less uh, interacted uh, interactive. I mean. Um, but there's still an input for, uh, source. So, like for instance, I have a work email address. I have my personal email address. 
I then have organization email addresses that, that I possibly run, right? So I got to get emails from the organization side of the house. Uh, hobby email addresses. I have an email address for the Zigbits brand. So there's a number of email addresses that I have to maintain, number of inputs that come in, and, and I have to either decide to look at them or not look at them, right? And the last topic that I would say is an input is your phone or voicemail. And, and then some of us might have multiple phones, right? Um, some might have a work phone or a work cell phone and a personal cell phone. You might combine them. Um, and then you might have a, a work phone that's on your desk, like a VoIP phone or whatnot, or like a, a, um, a VoIP client on your computer. Um, and that's another form of input into you specifically. So, um, and then also the concept of voicemail, right? Right after that. So it's kind of the same bucket phone, uh, some sort of phone and then voicemail. You know, these are inputs that you have to process that you have to make a decision on, right? Um, those are the, the buckets for the inputs, chat programs, social media programs, email accounts, phone, voicemail, um, aspects as well. Um, and like I said, Pat, this is something that, that I have personally been struggling on for a long time. Um, I've tried numerous things over the years. Um, it's probably been something that has been on my mind for the last two and a half, three years. Um, I've talked to a few people that I, I have as uh, what I would call as my mentors um, in the industry and asked them how they handle it. Um, and then I've suggested some things and um, I've also done some things. So um, now, also, this could be personality based. I have this. I have a personal um, dilemma, personal urge to be a part of everything, to to reply to everything, which honestly is not realistic. Um, we just, you know, you you will be distracted from what you're trying to do on a day to day basis if you're trying to reply to everything. Um, if you're in chat trying to, um, you know, spend your 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 cycles in a, a chat program to be um, active, you might not be able to actually get something accomplished that day or that time period. But um, I have this personal urge to do that. And I know some of us are very similar in this industry, we might have that personal urge to, to reply to everything to be a part of everything. Um, and it's just not exactly realistic. Oh, Pat, what have I tried so far that has hasn't worked or worked or kind of worked? So um, I've tried to limit um, or limiting or filtering uh, notifications um, in any format, if that's uh, computer or phone, whatever avenue. I've tried to limit and filter notifications. I've tried to limit and filter email, limit and filter all the different applications that I have. Um, and, and honestly, they really don't um, don't help that much for me personally. Um, now, I've also set up time slots um, on uh, each day to dedicate to handling the inputs. Um, and I've also kind of correlate those down to different inputs. So like email is an input, and I will usually put a time slot to handle all email. So it might be an hour in the morning, and I say I'm going to go through all email in that hour. If that's that's work, that's uh, personal, that's hobby, that's everything that I have for email in that email bucket, I might dedicate that hour to go through it. Um, or I might dedicate 30 minutes to go through one, for instance. Um, that That's email, right? Shutting off all notifications is the next step, right? So filtering and limiting notifications, but then I got to a point where I just needed to shut them all off. And, and this works to an extent, um, but then you're not a part of anything, first off. Um, and then the second thing with that is that um, my issue 
is that I get distracted way too easily, maybe easier than most. Um, be it on a computer or a phone, I could be trying to do, for instance, a podcast like I am doing right now, recording it. And if I have a chat program on my computer and someone sends me a message, I'm going to get distracted instantaneously. I'm going to look at it. Um, if someone sends me an email, I get an email notification on the desktop, I'm going to look at it. So for me, um, that is an issue I have. I get distracted. Um, and there are times, numerous, that I will pick up my phone um, specifically my phone for a specific reason. Let's say I want to go on Google um, and do a Google search for a technology or maybe it's a, a food recipe for dinner. Um, not that I cook dinner that much, but um, the occasional time that I do cook dinner or need help to, uh, you know, launch a Google um, search and, and try to find the recipe. And then I get distracted by the, that tweet or that email or, you know, that other input on my phone and I spend 10, 15 minutes doing whatever, not realizing that I just got totally distracted in what I was trying to do. And then I don't remember what I was going to do in the first place. That is my biggest issue. And I've, I've noticed it. I've identified it. Um, maybe that's what, what you mean by this question. Maybe you have a similar issue. Um, maybe it's not as uh, pronoun, pronounced of an issue that, that I have. And maybe pronounced is not the right word. Um, maybe it's not as evident of an issue um, that I have, but it's definitely an issue I have. There are times when I'm on my computer and someone sends me a chat message. Uh, I fully get distracted and I don't even remember what I was working on. Also, some of the, the tasks that we are doing in this industry are time-based tasks. Like, we got to get it done now. Um, we got to get it done this hour, this day. And if we get all these different inputs that distract us every 10 or 15 minutes, it makes it very hard to stay focused. So that, that's the high level of the issue at hand that I personally have. Now, what do I currently do? Um, and this is the best I can find. Um, so again, this is subjective like always. Um, there might be a better way and I just haven't found it yet. Um, if anyone's listening, they, they think they have a better way, please send it my way. Uh, you can send that information to feedback at zigbits.tech and um, I will read it um, and comment and reply because uh, this is something that I personally uh, want to get better at If I'm not, because I'm not there yet. I'm getting there, but I'm not there yet. So what do I currently do? Um, on my phone, I turn all notifications off on my phone still. Um, I don't want them open. I don't want them there. I don't want them to distract me. Um, and I find this the best way to manage my time on my phone. Um, I don't usually, I'm not usually on my cell phone throughout the day. I'm usually working and on my work phone and whatnot. So my cell phone, I don't actually pick it up most of the time throughout the day. Um, now the problem I have is when I get done with work, um, and I get out of my office and I go home and I handing out the family is I have my phone on me and that's when I start looking at my phone and I don't want to be distracted when it's family time personally I want to be focused I want to be there I want to be a part of family time and that's one of my biggest goals personal goals um, every year every month whatever um, I want to be a part of the family when I'm done working I turn off all notifications on my phone um, that has worked for the most part. Now, the problem still, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, um, is when I pick up my phone to go do something, um, sometimes those applications will load. Sometimes those applications will open, um, or maybe I'm looking at something specific. Maybe I want to go send a tweet. You know, Maybe I want to go check an email. But then I, I open that application, and there's, oh, you had 15 you know notifications in Twitter that didn't pop up, but they're there when you log into Twitter. And now you have to go through... Not that you have to go through. Now you get distracted by them. And then 10 minutes later, you find out, oh, I didn't actually do this thing that my wife told me to do or wanted me to do, or I wanted to do, or my son wanted me to look up or any of those type of things. So um, 
that's the best I can do right now with my phone, personally. Now, my computer is a different story, um, and my, my computers, I guess, multiple computers, um, because I have a lot of them, and I use a lot of them um, for different purposes. So I have fully removed all chat programs, social media, logins, uh, email accounts, um, unless there's a specific reason why I need an email account on a system. Um, but I have pretty much removed everything in those buckets for inputs on all of my major computers. So my work computer still has my work email, um, but that's it. Um, and I traditionally have uh, my work chat program on my work computer. But those are the two things that I have on my work computer because it's work related. Um, but that's it. Now, uh, moving over to everything else outside of work and, and all the other chat programs and all the other social media logins and accounts and email accounts, um, I do not have them on any other computer because I will get distracted. Uh, this is my attempt to stay semi-active um, but not really active on these programs, right? So now what I do instead is I took them all off these other computers and I built a VM, a client machine in my virtual environment, in my lab environment, and its sole purpose is for all these inputs. Um, it has any chat program, so it has Spark, it has River, it has um, Slack, it has um, Jabber, if it has Jabber, it has Link, you name it. Whatever chat program I want, it'll have. Um, whatever social media account it has, or I want it to have, it will have. Um, now, I am also mentally taking note as I do these things, knowing how many chat programs I'm in, because um, you just can't handle that much input. There's also like a, a an upper bound on how much input you can handle on a given time period. So like, for instance, at one point in time, I was in, I think, 15 different Slack groups. And that's just a lot of Slack groups to be active in, in, in a daily basis. And that's not including any other program. So I've cut down on the Slack groups to minimize the inputs in Slack specifically. Um, so I think I have about eight right now that I'm in. And I'm, I try to be active occasionally in some of them more than others. Um, I'm also in two different River groups, um, but I try to limit that because I'm not a big fan of River. Um, if a group um, is using River and I want to be a part of that group, then I'll use it. But I traditionally would rather have Slack Slack over Riber or something like that. But that, that's where all these applications are. They're on this this VM. And what I do, um, this, this VM, its sole purpose is all this stuff. It's all social media. It's all the inputs, right? And I RDP to the VM. Um, and what I, what I do is I dedicate time still. So I dedicate, you know, 45 minutes or an hour in the morning, um, usually in the morning after I work out, to do social media and do um, chats and check in and all that kind of stuff. Um, email accounts is a little different because email accounts, I kind of want to stay um, a relatively updated throughout the day. Um, but social media and chat programs, I usually will check in the morning. Um, so I usually dedicate about an hour to go through all of my inputs. And then I take whatever's in there as tasks and I put in my task tracker. Um, and then at a point, I close that RDP session. I don't, you know, I don't log out. I just close the RDP session Everything is still there. You know, they'll still get inputs constantly throughout the day. Um, and then throughout the day, I set blocks of time, smaller blocks of time. It's not an hour. I'll set five, 10, or 15 minutes um, in my calendar, or, or I'll know mentally, hey, I have five minutes or I have 10 minutes. And that will be when I can go RDP into that VM to look at, you know, a specific you know, um, discussion in Slack or a specific, um, uh, Twitter, uh, thread or, or Reddit thread or whatever. Um, that's when I can go do those things. 
Um, and, and that's how I handle it right now. Um, and it's, it's for me, it's specifically been working um, better than it has years to go, uh, years ago. So I've been doing this just about six months now, um, and I would say that my productivity is drastically increased. But I'm not nearly as active socially or in chat programs anymore. For the most part, again, for the most part, this was worked for me. Now, if uh, if maybe this will work for you, Pat, um, but this is how I handle all the inputs. There's just a lot. So this is a little just a little drastic of a of a choice, though. I would make that a valid observation of, of what I've done um, because uh, I can't do anything easily. Um, I can't do anything simple. Um, so, you know, uh, this is a drastic change of how I my workflow works. Um, it works for me. And hopefully if you, you know, go down that path, maybe it'll work for you. Um, so that's it. Uh, I Again, I want to thank you for your question, Pat. I, I really appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate everyone else that listens to this this podcast and, and the content that I provide. Um, again, if you would like to be part of the Ask Zig mini-series, you can email your questions to feedback at zigbits.tech. Um, once again, as I said in a, another episode, uh, your question just might be featured in a future Ask Zig episode. And just maybe if we get enough coming in, we can do this every day. Um, you know, no questions too small. Uh, no questions, uh, not a good question. Um, you have a question, you have multiple questions, send them to the email address. Uh, again, that's feedback at zigbits.tech. And uh, we will answer the question as they come in. And maybe we'll be able to do this more often than just once a week, once every two weeks. Well, that's the question. Thanks again, Pat. Um, The last thing I have is the term of the show, right? I'm going to have a term of the show every episode I can do. So um, today's term uh, is network disaggregation. Um, And I I think this is important. Um, I think we're going through a time period in this industry, our industry, where uh, we are in this network disaggregation time. And, um, and it's making some huge changes from a commercial standpoint and from a, a architectural standpoint within our industry. The best way that I can describe what network disaggregation is is using an al- analogy. When you buy network devices t- uh, historically in the past, um, you had to purchase hardware and software together, right? You go to X vendor, um, being vendor agnostic, um, we go to X vendor, we get the hardware and the software together. It's one solution, right? It's, oh, I'm going to get this hardware and it's going to come with this software and that's how it works together. There's no other option. Um, there's no other choice. That's all we have. And if you go back a few, I don't know, maybe decades, a couple decades or 15 years or so ago, the server and desktop world went through a similar uh, type of disaggregation where um, it's... N- because of that that disaggregation, it's now common practice for us as consumers to be able to purchase vendor hardware um, from one vendor and then software from another vendor and get it to work. Um, and a good example of this is like uh, being able to take HP servers or Dell servers and compare the price, compare the benefits, um, or any other server vendor, right? Trying to stay vendor agnostic, but as a high-level example, you could take HP servers, Dell servers, X vendor servers, and then you could purchase which one you prefer based on cost or benefits or whatever, and then you could still run software on top of that 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 hardware, um, whatever software you wanted to, right? And in this case, as an example, would be like Microsoft Server so- uh, software such as Exchange or Active, Active Directory. You know, I can't tell you how many times um, I bought HP servers or Dell servers and ran um, Exchange on top of them, right? It didn't really matter if we had HP or Dell. Now, there's benefits between them, right? And we're not getting through that today. 
Um, but that that that's that's the high level disaggregation of the server world. So when we think about disaggregation in the network world, uh, we are talking about decoupling the hardware and the software from one another. This allows us, again, as consumers, to purchase hardware from one vendor and then software from another vendor. Now, I will I will caution that it still may make sense to purchase everything from one vendor. Uh, but at least now, we as an industry have this option, right? We have these options. If we want to use a white box, um, white box hardware, a white box solution, um, then we can, and we can run whatever OS is supported on that, right? We may not be able to run a vendor, a specific vendor's OS. It may not be supported, right? But we could run what is open today, what is uh, out there today to run on white box hardware. I hope that makes sense. That is the uh, the term of the, of the show. Um, I'm excited, right? I like the, this uh, segment a lot. That's going to wrap up the show. Um, a real quick and simple one today. Um, just trying to get these questions answered for everyone. Again, Patrick, I, I really appreciate you coming in and giving us a, a question to answer on the show. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed today's show. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit zigbits.tech slash 21 to join the conversation and access the show notes. Again, that's zigbits.tech slash 21. That's today's show notes. Um, If you liked this episode, if it inspired you, resonated something within you, or provided a level of real world context, let us know. Um, You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook by searching for Zigbits. And as as always, I'm stumbling on my words once again. Um, As always, you can send us an email to feedback at zigbits.tech. Specifically for the Ask Zig mini-series, please feel free to send us any questions you have. Um, and and we'll, we'll spotlight them just like this one. You know, maybe we'll get some more and we can do it again. Um, maybe we can do it daily. That'd be awesome, I think. Um, and I would say challenge accepted. Yeah. Don't forget to join us in two weeks for another episode where we will continue to provide you with real-world context around technology. Bye for now.